With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who makes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my cohort, co-host cousins, the Maverick Goose and Iceman to my Chappie Sinclair, Derek, Justin, and Tyler. It's my party, and I'll mergeify Top Gun and Iron Eagle if I wanna. We're gonna hypothesize, extemporize, and proselytize, possibly even jazzercise, about the 2017 signing day, also known as Letter of Intent Day, also known as the last damn day of football until spring, which is two whole months away. But let's dig into this carcass and sift through the goodies, shall we? So with that in mind, let's uh, go ahead and give a brief summary or halfway long summary by our record, uh, recruiting guru, uh, Tyler. Go ahead, Tyler. Give us the skinny. Well, you know, this morning woke up with some excitement. Uh, guy Thomas, the guy who we thought were probably going to decommit, uh, ended up putting on the red hat and committing to Nebraska. After that, Derek's boy, Damian Daniels, decided to go and everything was all shiny. I was in a happy place. Then the afternoon came, and the California kids, Calabasas, did not treat us well. Mm. Uh, Joseph Lewis, Greg Johnson, both went USC. Jameer Calvin decommitted for the third time uh, and went to not Washington State really. uh, to go run a bike in a garage for Mike Leach. And... <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, we did end up having uh, good news with Elijah Blades, one of the best corners in the country, did go and we did end on a high note. Good. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it, it wasn't the most shocking day, but um, we did get a couple good players, but yeah, a lot to be desired. Yeah, it sounds familiar, though. It's like a tale of two halves, which seems to be a common refrain with us. Overall, what would you guys think? Uh, Justin, we'll start with you, ever the optimist. Hey, I, I thought it was a pretty damn good class, guys. Uh, you know, there wasn't any huge surprises. It was the guys, you know, like Elijah Blades and Guy Thomas that were ultimately the real surprises. Oh, Damian Daniels. He was a big surprise. Jameer Calvin, I don't know what we can say about that guy. The guy doesn't know what the hell he wants to do, <laughs> what team he wants to be on. So, so he's a out of college there. student. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Tyler, you mentioned uh, Calabrasca. You know, we, we got the guys out of California, but we also got seven players from with the uh, inside the 500 mile radius, you know, go proclaimers, you know. And uh, <laughs> that's all you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, we went far and, you know, we reached out to Texas. We, we reached out and we got some uh, pretty damn good guys, I think. Fair enough. Grinch me, Derek. What'd you think? 
Well, since you bring Texas up, I, I will say that it was pretty. It was a pretty good deal that we picked up. What was it? Three guys from Texas, mm-hmm. and last year we picked up zero, which was the first time in thirty-three years that we again picked up somebody from Texas. So, so it's a little refreshing to see if they're getting back in Texas. Uh, overall, I. I I wasn't overly enthused with the class. I didn't think it was a terrible class either. I think we got some really big names, but at the same time, I think we could have got some better, better guys too. I, it was a little disappointing to see Obi Wan Kenobi commit to you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think our, I think our offensive linemen could have been maybe a little better out of the guys we got, but we did get four of them, so it hopefully fills a little bit of the void. Justin, I sense a rebuttal here. No, yeah, I'm not quite sure where I was going with it, but uh, defensive linemen, I thought they were pretty. I thought that they landed solid guys, and let's not forget we have so much talent that's in front of the offensive line. I think these guys are just really good, really good quality fillers in there. And uh, Chris Walker, Chris Walker, you know they recruit him as offensive line guy. This guy is ripped. And uh, he wants to play defense. And looking at the defensive line, I think that I think there's a home for him ultimately on the defensive line. I really like that guy. He's a Lincoln kid, you know. How could you hate him? Yeah, got to got to prop up the hometown boys. Uh, with the uh, with the positions here that we uh, signed, I see LB, I see WR, I see QB, I see TE, I see OT. Uh, but I only see only one R and B. That's that. That looks like a cause for concern there. That we're not spending a lot of time getting running backs. Uh, do you guys really think that all our needs were met with this class, uh, Derek? What do you think? Well, it maybe scares you a little bit, and maybe maybe the coaching staff isn't really you know, run the ball as much as we all was hoping they had. Sure. Uh, the, the the running back we picked up. I, I was I was really skeptical on this guy at first. He was a two-star until he signed with Nebraska, and all of a sudden he jumped to a three-star. But after seeing some of the guy's stats, the guy had 50 touchdowns this year. That's And 24 of those 50 came in playoffs. And I understand it's in Nebraska where football's not maybe not quite as competitive as, you know, Texas and Ohio. You want your Bite mouth. your tongue, sir. But, but hey, you know, I, I don't care what league you're in. If you could score 50 touchdowns in a season. That's like PlayStation good. That's that's what that's what I do when I play PlayStation. I score fifty touchdowns with somebody. Well, what level do you have it set on? That's the important question. Here. Oh, you always got to have it on freshman if you're going to get fifty touchdowns. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tyler, what about you? Do you think all our needs were met here? You know, I don't. I mean, you know, I I really thought going into this class we needed to bring in at least four or five wide receivers. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of depth in front of. You know, my thoughts were that we were going to need two or three guys to play next year, and it'd be good to redshirt a couple. And we didn't do that. We brought in three wide receivers, defensive backs, Elijah Blades. He's going to play next year, guys. He's a talent. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to redshirt no one. We're going to go into next year having to bring in all freshmen. To hope to fill the gaps of some of these guys we're losing. Uh, defensive line under, uh, I thought would like to get one more name. Um, offensive line, I thought we settled with Chris Walker. As excited I am to get a hometown guy, but through and through, 
I mean, there were a couple positions I thought we we did not close strongly at. Mm, yeah. Uh, Justin, what about you? Ultimately, I think this is a really fun day for me at work. You know, this was about as productive as I usually am during the NCAA tournament. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know how much data I use, you know, refresh and Twitter all day long, <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially so for, waiting. For the rest of us who have to work, what did you think? Well, you know, well, I was going to get to especially waiting for Guy Thomas to finally make his decision. This guy, what talk about a prima donna he may be. I mean, he he wanted to do uh, announce with, I don't know what the hell is going on there, but he just made everybody. It was like Guns and Roses enter, getting on stage. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, Axel, which, which get version, on stage at which, seven. Which version you need to you need to specify which version of Guns and Roses here? It doesn't matter if Axel's the involved, best version, Chinese democracy. That's the go. best version. There you go. I like it. Controversy. Bring it. Uh, this yeah, podcast I, is like real if you talk about that, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that Oxford Rose is saying that I did not enjoy. <laughs> but uh, that's an exaggeration. But go ahead. But, but as far as uh, all the needs being met, I th- I thought they did a pretty damn good job overall. The only thing that I would say is uh, I wish they would have gone after a kicker. You know, Drew Brown, mm-hmm. he's a senior here. And I understand that there's a walk-on there in the wings. But I wish they would have gone out and recruited a good kicker. And uh, th- that would have been... That would have been, been a nice little cherry yeah, on that, top. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Derek. Well, it's funny that Justin brings up a kicker because I thought if he was going to lay into anybody, it would be Caleb Lightborn again. I figured he would want a punter on scholarship to take kind of Lightborn's spot because we all know how much love he has for that guy. You know, we didn't fill all of our positions. We got two scholarships left, so uh, hey, here's hoping. I would not have been sad. Tyler, what about you? Well, you know, Justin, you mentioned you bringing on a kicker walk on. The kid's name is Cole Fram. Uh, this kid can kick. Uh, apparently, he's got a 50-yard range. Um, he's scholarship-worthy. Um, and he decided to walk on. And that was a really cool trend that we saw this recruiting class. You know, there are a lot of kids' names that you're not going to hear a lot about, but uh, Jordan Prod, who decided to walk on, who had some scholarship offers from North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Um, you know, the quarterback we brought in um, from Tennessee, Andrew Bunch, uh, who had, was a three-star coming out of high school, Ethan Cox out of Blair, Nebraska, who runs apparently a 4-4-40 at wide receiver. Wowzers. I mean, we brought in some really cool walk-ons. And, and, you know, the last few years, we've been complaining about the walk-on program not being cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, maybe one of the biggest gets this coaching staff got was we brought on some good talent on a walk-on program. Derek? Let's not forget that we also got in for next week. By the name of Cade Warner, the six foot two, two hundred five pound wide receiver, and he is a son of Kurt Warner. He holds preferred walk on status for from Nebraska, Iowa, Northwestern, and Arizona State. Oh wow! So when you pick up that guy, a lot of choices that could fill your void on that fourth wide receiver. Um, as far as the players that you think are going to contribute for twenty seventeen, who's on your radar here? Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, Justin, we'll, okay, we'll go with you, Tyler. 
Yeah, you know, the, this this list starts with Lindsay. Um, Taiwan Lindsay, he, he is the guy that I'm most excited about. I mean, just give you a little stats on him. I mean, he went to the Rivals five-star camp, and he was named wide receiver MVP. And this is over guys like Joseph Loris, Peoples Jones, some of the best five-star wide receivers in the country. He was named wide receiver. I think his re- ranking took a hit because of injuries this year. Um, we have a void at wide receiver. I think he could fill. Um, on defense, I am excited to see Elijah Blades hit the field. I am excited to see Avery Roberts. But there are not a lot of other freshmen that I see being huge contributors next season for the Huskers. What about X? Well, let's call him Tajon Lindsay because I really want Tajon Mustard to become popular. Uh, but who do you have for like being X factors on this team? Like Lindsay, obviously, but there's also Ben Miles at fullback, which uh, he might take the Jano route and. Uh, open up some fullback traps for us. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, but Jano didn't become a contributor until his senior year. Um, Better late than never. Well, yeah, and we'll wait four years for Ben Miles to be a contributor, no. too. The I mean, coaching staff. Exactly. The coaching staff knows what they got, and they're going to they're gonna have him contribute really. I, I, I look at fullback a lot like I look like offensive linemen. I think it takes a couple of years to come in. I don't think a lot of fullbacks come in and contribute freshman year. Justin, what about you? Well, I think uh, all the wide receivers. We brought in three wide receivers here with uh, scholarships, and I think all three of them are going to see the field this year just because the rest of our scholarship guys on wide receiver is – it's it's pretty bleak, guys. You know, you yeah. got DeMornay Pearson L., you got Stanley Morgan – then you got Keith Williams' son, Keegan, and you got Zach Darlington, for some reason, is listed as a wide receiver. <laughs> you got an a, uh, inexperienced J.D. Spielman. So introduce the other three guys. I mean, Gabe Ron and Brian Reimers, you know, they'll, there's a good chance that they're going to end up with scholarships here in the fall Okay. at the wide receiver. But I think uh, those the, the three guys, incoming guys on scholarship, they're going to see the field. None of them will redshirt. Ben Miles, I love your pick on uh, Ben Miles, only because of default. We don't have any other scholarship fullbacks on the yeah, roster. And if point. the and if the coaching staff, if they choose to use a fullback, which they did not use last year, right? Then he's going to see the field. On defense, I guess I'm with everybody else. You know, Avery Roberts and Elijah Blades. They're probably the most likely to see uh, the field. I don't know if any of the defensive tackles are going to see the field. I mean, because we got, you know, the Davis brothers, Stoltenberg and Newell there. And I'm not sure how this is all going to translate with this 3-4 defense, truthfully. Uh, as far as the QB is concerned, Tristan Gebbia, can you see him making an impact, Tyler, at all this year? Or do you think they're going to redshirt him? Or do you think he's going to be the surprise of the spring? Oh, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, what I'll also give you is I think he is undersized, you know, coming out of high school, but you know, quarterback, you don't necessarily need to be, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger to go back there and play, uh, football. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I think they're going to go the best one. I think the interesting thing is going to be the spring game. Yeah. I'm going to turn in the spring game with, uh, enthusiasm. I haven't turned to see Tanner Lee. Patrick O'Brien and Gibeah just absolutely tear it up, and you got a whole bunch. You know, of guns all three of these there, guys yeah. we haven't really seen much of. Won't you guys be pissed if the spring game isn't televised 
Or if it's televised like the next day or like midnight. I'm going to Nebraska. I'm driving to Nebraska. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll probably have it on tape delay or some garbage like that. Derek, as long as they uh, play all quarters. Derek, we're missing the big yeah. name here on this list. Keyshawn Johnson Jr. Do you think that he might give Lindsey a run for his money as the featured wide receiver in the offense? Ah, you know, I don't know. He's he's the lowest rated wide receiver we got out of this class. I it's hard for me to think that he's going to be the best one. I mean, yeah. you know, his dad was a great receiver and I think a lot of his hype is coming from who his dad is. But, still, but it doesn't. Wise. It doesn't. It doesn't mean he can't be a great receiver. And yeah, he could. He could probably make a run for it. So who, I, I just don't know. Yeah. So who would be your pick for uh, getting the damn ball? Would it be uh, Lindsey or would it be uh, Johnson? I, I would probably have to go Lindsey over Johnson at this point. But it's hard to tell because we've had four stars come in before that didn't pan out. So you never know. I mean, this is it's all it's all speculation at this point. But sure. But I would definitely have to go with Lindsay at this point over over Johnson. That makes sense. Um, as far as the other teams in the Big Ten, and given our recruiting class, um, can we hang with Ohio State and Michigan? Can we kind of play in their backyard? Or go ahead, Justin, give me some hope here. Well, maybe not this year. Uh, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna take time. It's gonna take winning to get those uh, uh, more highly sought after recruits so to get best, those guys. So best guess, how many years down the line do you think? I I, I think we're shit. I don't know, guys. I mean, <laughs> that, that's a that's a loaded question. But I will say this: I think our recruiting philosophy is a hell of a lot different than what Michigan and Ohio State is doing. Look at Michigan this year. They, they loaded up with 30 recruits. That's more than a third of their scholarships that they just gave. They're over-signing like hell. They're, they're doing like the SEC route where they're going to over-sign and figure it out later. Yeah, not surprising, though, considering the coach. Uh, Derek, you go ahead. Well, I mean, you, you talk about being competitive with uh, Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, right now, we're, we're only – fifth in the big 10 we're behind maryland and i i think that's scary in itself barely barely but nevertheless hey you can say barely all you want but they still have a better recruiting class they have nine four stars according to 24 7 sports we have five i mean yes they have 29 people in their class we have 20 but i mean at the end of the day we're we're still behind maryland we're behind penn state michigan and ohio state that's a lot of teams. But we had that it, it a lot of- Nebraska work ethic. Tyler, help me out here. Give me some hope, man. Well, let, let's just start with the the Maryland comparison. You know, I, I think when you look at the quality of recruits we brought in, I think we win that battle. And, and I'll take quality over quantity any day of the week. But, sure. but the, yeah. the Michigan side of it, there is definite concern. You know, Justin, you said it may take us. We are not there to their level yet. Well, Harbaugh's only been there for a couple of years, too. I mean, it's not like Harbaugh's been there for a half a decade longer. And he brought in last year Nate Gary, the number one player in the country. This year brought in Audrey Solomon, who is one of the top couple defensive tackles in the country. You know, 
I don't know what our game plan is going to be if we ever make it to a Big Ten title game to compete with those guys. But, I mean, it's going to take a big effort to really compete with them. And, and Ohio State, they lost Lindsey, who would have absolutely crippled our class if we didn't get him. Yeah, They didn't really bat an eye. I mean, they still end up as the number two recruiting class in the country. Well, they This reload. is the first time. This is the first time in the Big Ten history since recruiting rankings have been calculated that the Big Ten has put up two top five recruiting classes. And we weren't one of them. So we can't match up with the East, obviously, the top tier in the East. But surely the West. Did we have the best class in the West? I mean, that's got to say something for us, right? Derek? I mean, yeah, outside of like 2014 – We've had the best recruiting class since we've been in the Big Ten. We've had the best uh, best class out of the West. And we're still not being able to beat the Wisconsins and the Iowas who have come on the last couple of years and beat us. Our classes are ranked well ahead of theirs. So is and it- right now, right now, Wisconsin is ranked number 40, according to 24-7 Sports, where we're 23rd. So, I mean, we're getting better talent. We should be beating these guys. So, you think it's a question of, I mean, we got the talent, but is it the coaching? I mean, have we not been able to level out the coaching and the talent to where they're both at a pretty high high place? Or what do you guys think? You, you know, it's hard, it, it's hard to say right now because, I mean, they went through a coaching change. We went through a coaching change, but they still seem to be succeeding. And we still seem to be stuck in that middle area. Is it a? It sounds like a culture thing almost, because it sounds to me like Wisconsin already kind of has a clear idea of what kind of team they want to be, and Nebraska is still kind of gravitating between like a power team and a passing team, and it, it, there's no consistency. Justin, well, Wisconsin they haven't changed their offensive and defensive philosophy since Barry Alvarez was yeah. coaching. And, you know, he's the AD. And it's every, every Wisconsin team is exactly the same. You know, they, it doesn't they, matter. They've it's taken worse. the Nebraska model. Is They're what a plug-and-play, not only with players, but coaches, it seems. You know, look at defense. They're on their third defensive coordinator. And you know what? I think this uh, their defense is just going to be just as stout this year as it has been. There's not going to be any drop-off. Yeah, same old song and dance. Uh, overall, guys, do you think it was a success for Nebraska in the 2017 class? Uh, Justin, we'll start with you. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, yeah. I mean, I think this was a damn good recruiting class. We got all the guys that we thought we were gonna get, plus, you know, uh, Elijah Blades, Damian Daniels. So, so what if Calvin doesn't come? You know, who knows if he even shows up to Washington State? Here yeah. in a couple months, we might get hot. Uh, but I, we got everybody that we thought we would, plus some. We didn't get the uh, other guys. But here's the thing, guys: we were in the conversation with the highest recruits. How many times on National Signing Day were people watching ESPN or ESPNU just to see if somebody was going to pick up that Nebraska hat? And we had four <laughs> of our guys. We, we had four of the guys, four of our targets out there that were making their decision on TV. Maybe were there any five, smart, actually. were there any smart ass comments by Kirk Herbstreet at all by any chance when, uh, I didn't get to see it. I have to work. So I have to, I have to follow recruiting by Twitter. Gotcha. Derek, any comments? 
Well, I mean, over the last, I believe, 10 years, we're 14 and 30 on signing day. So it's not like we haven't had this drama before. I mean, it's, it's something we've gone through before. Whether they announce on TV or not is beyond me. Sure. Because I've never paid attention to recruiting until we started doing this podcast. <laughs> and so this is kind of my first year of really getting Diving hard into, it. Into, into, into recruiting. But, you know, I... I don't know. I don't. I, to me, this seems like an average class. It, I mean, this is a. It's probably about average of where Bo Pelini had us. The last really great recruiting class we had was under Callahan, and that and Callahan took those recruit. Or Callahan couldn't do anything with those recruits, right? And those were probably Bo Pelini's best classes because he coached them up well, right? But he couldn't recruit very well. So we kind of thought this coaching staff was going to come in and recruit and coach. And right now, I think they're disappointed a little bit on the recruiting side. Uh, Tyler, um, you're the recruiting guru. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I, I have been back and forth on this in my own head. And, you know, and Justin, you mentioned it was exciting to be in the conversation. You know, something that, you know, there are guys out there today, uh, Chevin Calloway, uh, who ended up committing to Arkansas. I didn't even know we were really after him anymore. We were in his top three. There were about five players who I didn't even think we had a shot for who had our hats on their screen at the end. That means we would have been in their top three or five kids. So that is an exciting aspect. But at the end of the day, Derek, you're completely wrong. This class was extraordinary in a lot of different ways. You know, if you look at the guys that we brought in, this is the first year since 2011 that we brought in more than three players in the composite 250 players. This is one of the best by average recruiting classes we brought in a long composite. We brought in a top 18 class and we brought in two of the nation's premier players in Elijah Blades and Taiwan Lindsay. When is the last time? And Avery Roberts and Tristan Gibbia. I mean, actually, there are the players we brought in this class with the name value we have. It, it, it's mind blowing. I, I think this could be a game changing recruiting class for us. Just it's only going to get empirical yeah. evidence to back up Tyler's hyperbolic talk. I mean, what do the publications say about the matter? I don't need empirical evidence. If he says that it's gospel guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, it, it, it's all great hype. It's, it's all great fun. And you know, it starts with the fan base, right? If, if we're believing that there's going to be something happening, you know, it's a trickle-down effect maybe. I don't know. I, I just think the talent that we have, yeah, some of these guys, they're going to probably going to turn out to be duds. Sure. And we're going to be having conversations like, oh, well, this guy This guy X was a bust. This guy, this guy was a flick. It's a bust, yeah. but it happens every year. I mean, look, look at Adam Taylor. Adam Taylor is the highest-rated uh, running back that we have on our roster. That's that's painful to me, man. I was rooting I know. for that kid. I was and you know, but 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 he is a contributor to Nebraska. He was a four star, but he's just a special teams guy. Yeah. So some of these guys aren't gonna pan they out. They just pan out, yeah. But but like to Tyler's point, all these uh, big guys, the big names that are interested in Nebraska, that thing is gonna more that's gonna come a lot more once we start winning, I mean, I think Mike well, really turned something on to get the level of interest in there. You got Keyshawn Johnson well, Jr. I, to come to Nebraska. Who oh would have thought that? Darren, great I, 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 I think great said, I think you said it best, Justin. 
It's when we start winning. And until we start winning, a nine-win season isn't going to cut it. Because if nine-win seasons were going to cut it, we'd still have Bolpolini here, and we'd have got better recruits oh. with him. And until until we start competing for conference championships, and I mean seriously competing for them, not just going to the championship game getting your ass kicked, right? you're going to have to actually maybe even win one. Because we haven't done that since 1999. Until you start doing that, we're not going to start getting these top 15 classes. And that's but what this, this class... But this class is really reminiscent. If you look back at Penn State, it, it it was about three years ago. They had a class really similar to this, where they they finished runner up on a lot of kids, and that, and that was like the either the first year after the Joe Pa scandal or the year right before the end of it. But you know what happened to Penn State is they ended up finding a quarterback, and you know I I don't know if next week, but I know in the upcoming weeks we're gonna recap the legacy of Tommy Armstrong. Sure. And and we're going to have some mixed emotions on that thing, but I'm excited to have a quarterback who I feel can be extraordinary cuz it's been no, a while not, since, not since that, that day happened. Quarterbacks. At most three quarterbacks. Mm. Each one potentially could be the a great leader and be a gunslinger uh behind center. So I think we're going to be well, really all, set. I think I think that all depends on if Kavanaugh can get this offensive line to block a little bit. But yeah, yeah, it all depends. Without right? the offensive line, we're not going to do anything. Um, any non-Nebraska stories out there that you'd like to share with the with uh, the listenership? Uh, Justin, go ahead. Oh, uh, the only thing that I saw—well, I saw a lot of crazy things out there. But uh, one of the things that I saw out there on Twitter today was—and I forget the name—but this is an obnoxious prima donna who had his little te- tele his his little conference there to pick his team, and he starts off and he takes off his uh, sweatshirt and he's got like a Florida shirt on, takes okay. off the Florida T-shirt. And he's sporting at Florida State, takes that off, and it's USC, and he pulls up USC or whatever combination it was. But it was like the most obnoxious thing you've ever seen. It's like yeah, this terrible Christmas presents that you get from the Chinese gift exchange where you just keep like opening shit, and then it's like, oh, well, I got a lottery ticket, you know? Yeah, only thing missing was the striptease music. Uh, Derek, you have any? you have any comments? Oh, yeah. I mean – Look, what, what what I think about this Nebraska class is really he, neither here nor there compared to the Michigan State class. When you have a guy named Donovan Winter who couldn't send in his letter of intent because he was in jail for burglary. <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, at least we're not bringing in the criminals, hopefully. I mean, yeah, true, true. Yeah, he's like, hey, can I make my phone call, man? Come on, make me. Let me get my phone call. It's like, shit, man. Does this phone have a fax machine? Oh hell, I gotta see. I gotta go to junior college. Can I? Can I? Can I at least use the email machine? <laughs> hey, coach. At least, a, at least the future is bright. I want to commit Nebraska players to stay legal. Uh, but we shall move on to other topics. We have Super Bowl weekend, uh, particularly Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl Sunday with the uh, New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, predictions, gentlemen, and we'll start with you, Justin, since you're the Vegas uh, guy of the bunch here. Hey, look, you know I see uh, the Patriots at minus three. 
I love that line. I love that line. I think uh, the Patriots, I think they're going to cover it. I think they win by 10, ultimately. I don't see this really close. This is easy money. Take the Patriots. Derek? Oh, agonizing. Uh, Look, the Patriots tend to fall down about every second or third Super Bowl they go to. And this is about (laughs) time for them to fall down again. I think uh, Atlanta wins 35-31. Tyler? Well, Justin, you're a dirty pirate hooker, and how dare you disparage (laughs) the Atlanta Falcons' chances. And the Dirty Birds will ride supreme, a revenge of the Super Bowl from 1997 when the Dirty Birds lost to the Denver Broncos. The new greatest show on turf is going to win. Double-digit victories by Atlanta. Go Falcons. Yeah, but you're not going to bet money on that, are you? Hell no. <laughs> I'm a betting against Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady and Belichick, you can't go against them this year, especially this year with everything that Goodell has put on Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady and Belichick, they've made this a mission just to demolish everybody. And that's exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't matter who's on the team. You know, when they got the uh, – these, I'm going to call them walk-ons, but they're no-name receivers doing things. Belichick has he has this magical ability to bring out the best. And I mean, hell, Derek, Derek, you could you could start up and you could get into the lineup for the Patriots and you could look like an all-star. Yeah, just magic. because Belichick has that. Well, you know, well ma- magic, magic uh, in the Voldemort sense. Uh, I, I think I will that- say this. I will say this. I, I do hope that Edelman ends up getting five receptions with 50 yards in this game because he will tie Jerry Rice's record for five five receptions of 50 yards and five oh, straight season I'm, I'm, I'm going to become an atheist now. <laughs> Look, well, hey, Patrick, but, at least he's not but, talking about his I'm, fantasy football lineup. I was like, dude, that's been over for a while now. <laughs> I got, I got, I'm going to go with you, Justin. I think the head beats the heart here. Well, go ahead, Derek. Oh, Tom Brady breaks all five of his fingers before he starts on his throwing hand. I can't oh, stand like, Tom Brady. He's still, got, he's still got jizz, so he, he's all right. Um, okay, so... I'm going to go with the head over the heart here. I want the Falcons to win. Believe me, I want the Falcons to win. But, you know, screw tape Saban got beat, and I don't think Belichick is going to follow suit. They're both uh, pods in the same unholy uh, shell. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with the Patriots over the Falcons here. I think Beelzebub, uh, Belichick pulls it out. I think Brady pulls a Zod. And uh, has Goodell kneel to him, kiss his ring, and then avert his eyes while he hands him the Super Bowl trophy. So, Patriots by 10 over the Falcons. Love it. Um, Lady Gaga halftime, yay or nay? Who's watching it? I'm not going to watch it unless her boob falls out, truthfully. Fair enough. Tyler? I'll watch it, but nay overall. I'll, yeah, watch it. I'll watch it if I see her like parachute down from the top and maybe like the parachute doesn't open and we'll see just how magical uh, Lady Gaga really is. Um, and then uh, what I commercials have are you yeah. Super halftime show in 15 years. Good for you. Uh, all uh, what commercials are you guys interested in? 
anything with beer. You know, there the you beer go. commercials are hilarious. You know, I love I love the Bud Light commercials. They always do a great job with those. Budweiser, sure. you know, sure. you're gonna see the damn horses, the Clydesdales, That's and stuff. Right. I want to see some good old Keith Stone. You know, Keith there Stone. There you go. Keith they're, Stone. They're, they're not. Yeah, they're not gonna. They do haven't it. had a Keith Stone commercial in 20 years. Yeah, yeah I mean, back, that's. I'm going to go with uh, GoDaddy. I want to see the return of GoDaddy. I think Doritos has some pretty pretty funny commercials. And, um, yeah. Uh, And then what movie trailers are you guys interested in seeing for the Super Bowl? Or what do you think they're going to show? Tyler? Uh, I'm hoping for a Star Wars trailer. That would be extraordinary. Uh, But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, any of Marvel stuff, any DC stuff, I'd be excited for. I think they're going to no. so Did you Guardians? think of Star Wars when Derek said Obi Wan Kenobi? <laughs> oh, gotta have a nerds. <laughs> nerd to nerds. <laughs> well, thank, all I'll thank, say is I hope to God there is not a dark power trailer. I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two, nerd. Wonder Woman, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And with that, ogres. The one thing I hope is there is no dark trailer. Stop, we will. And that will do it for us here at the CuzCast. You can interact, you can a- interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to follow us on Podbean. You can find us on Player FM, and we're also available on iTunes. So don't forget to like us, and don't forget to write a review. Shout out to Coach Tim Miles and the Husker basketball team for their upset over Purdue. It's official. We just climbed from the depths of suckage to the heights of mediocrity. Best 10 and 11 team in the Big Ten, and I got absolutely nothing to follow that up with. So, in that vein, Goose, it's time to buzz the tower. Go, Big Red! Royals. Royals. Royals.